listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio, Studio A. The Andrews Raiders of 1862 failed in their mission. Some met death. Some got the Medal of Honor. We'll find out what happened to who when we return on Civil War Talk Radio. When I was 12, my father was killed in an industrial accident at a vacant lot where he worked. My mother insisted I stay in the highway on-ramp to get an education. So she took a job uh, waiting tables at a parking garage to support us. She worked double shifts, and on her break, she would pick me up from the highway on-ramp and drop me off at the big office building. And I'd spend hours and hours just reading books. I remember every Saturday we'd have breakfast at the parking garage. And I'd tell her what I had read. And her eyes would just light up. <laughs> because she knew I'd end up in college, not working at the vacant lot. Like my dad. When we lose a historic place, we lose a part of who we are. To learn how you can help protect places in your community, visit nationaltrust.org. History is in our hands. A message brought to you by the National Trust for Historic Preservation and the Ad Council. Hey, y'all. This is Stephen Cochran. As a country artist, I have traveled around this great country of ours, often meeting our brave men and women in uniform. And as a Marine and veteran of both the Iraq and Afghan conflict, I know how important it is to thank our troops who defend our freedom each and every day. One of the best ways to thank them is to give their children and spouses the gift of education. Scholarships for two years, four years, and vocational school. This is exactly what a national charity, Thanks USA, does. Please go to their website, www.thanksusa.org, to make a generous donation to the Thanks USA Scholarship Fund for the families of the troops, and I thank you. Listen. The world is talking. World Talk Radio. Studio A. Welcome back to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich. Today, talking with Russell S. Bonds, author of Stealing the General, The Great Locomotive Chase, and the First Medal of Honor. Uh, very interesting book. It's published by Westholm, and a paperback edition is due out in September 2008. Uh, by the time you're hearing this, it ought to be out there, and very well worth picking up an interesting account of uh, a very dramatic uh, sidelight of the war, the Andrews Raid. In our first two segments, we talked about uh, the origins of the raid and the raiding party and uh, their attempt, their successful attempt to steal a locomotive, but then the pursuit and capture of the raiders before they could get the locomotive uh, back to Union lines. We ended uh, our last segment with the raiders in captivity, uh, their leader Andrews sentenced to death, others about to be put on trial. Um, well, uh, uh, Russ Andrews and, and uh, the first uh, seven others who were tried were all found guilty, and that meant uh, a death sentence, uh, which, uh, as you and I talked about a minute ago, is uh, of questionable uh, legality. There's certainly an argument to be made that these were legitimate soldiers uh, simply engaged in commando operations. Uh, the counter-argument is they were in civilian clothes and, and, and not playing by the rules, but... Regardless, they're found guilty. Uh, how? how uh, tell, tell us about the executions. Well, um, 
Andrews and and the unlucky seven, as I refer to them, um, are, are brought down to Atlanta for their sentences to be carried out. Andrews is first on uh, June, I believe, June seventh, eighteen sixty-two, is taken to the outskirts of Atlanta um, and uh, and and hanged. Um, the hanging does not go well. He's a very tall man, and the rope they use is a little bit too long. So he he actually is sort of kicking in the dust while they try to dig out enough dirt under him to uh, to, to do the job, more of a strangling than a hanging, really. Um, and then uh, ten days later, the the other seven are are taken out to another site in Atlanta, um, across from our our Oakland Cemetery. If you've been here to visit us, um, and uh, and those seven are are then hanged as well. Again. Uh, somewhat botched. Two of them, uh, the two largest and heaviest members, have their ropes break and have to be hanged a second time. Um, so, uh, really grisly picture uh, in in both instances. That's as you point out when when a rope breaks during a hanging. Some people take that as an omen of uh, divine uh, signal that this this person is innocent. But it didn't work that way, uh, or at least nobody. Uh, let these two guys go. No, the provost marshal didn't uh, didn't seem convinced uh, by by that argument. Now, the the remaining raiders must realize they're in prison that their uh, their life expectancies are not very good at this point. Uh, they they wrote to uh, the Confederate president seeking clemency. What uh, what about that note? Uh, you don't seem to have a high opinion of, of that in, in your book. Well, it's a very fascinating uh, note um, for a number of reasons. For, you know, first of all, um, just to have um, soldiers, uh, the content of the note itself. Not only do they plead, you know, sort of uh, plead for mercy, plead for mercy from Jefferson Davis, but they also say in the note that if he will spare their lives, then they will uh, lay down their arms and. Uh, Sort of not uh, resume their service as Union soldiers, which is, you know, which, which uh, uh, somewhat remarkable. And of course, easy, you know, for for us to criticize, perhaps looking back. Uh, um, uh, but um, you know, from from their desperate situation in their prison cell, you can certainly see uh, why they would make that appeal. It went up through the uh, through the chain of command, um, uh, and actually seemed to be fairly favorably. Uh, received by some who handled it, but when it got to Jefferson Davis, he simply scrawled a note on it that says, "That said, um, you know, please advise why we should make any distinction between uh, these men and the the ones who were previously executed." Um, sort of a, to me, sort of the cold response that you you would re- uh, expect, perhaps from from the view that many folks have of of President Davis. Um, so at that point, they sort of get word that uh, that their uh, appeals have gone uh, un- unheard, and uh, they resolve to stage an escape from the from the jail here in Atlanta. Now they're no longer being kept in the hole in the ground. Uh, that was in Chattanooga. That's right. They're in a, they're in a cell in the Fulton County Jail in Atlanta. Um, and there's there's uh, uh, 14 left. Uh, here in Atlanta, uh, held in various cells, and they, you know, come up with this plan to escape. Their cell doors are opened uh, for their meals to be brought in, and uh, one day they they stage a 
a effort to overpower first the jailer who feeds them and then to run downstairs into the into the uh, courtyard and then uh, attempt to overpower the guards and make it over the wall. It sounds kind of far-fetched, but some of them actually make it. Yeah, actually, uh, eight of the fourteen um, in in the ensuing chaos not only make it over the wall, but all eight of them make it safely back to Union lines, which may be the most remarkable part of this entire story, uh, because you have these men who had already been in prison for some months that uh, uh, go on foot uh, with no food or provisions or uh, you know really anything but the clothes on their backs um, and make it. Uh, several hundred miles back to Union Lines, uh, four of them up to Kentucky, two out to Union Lines near Corinth, and then two of them went actually went south and made it all the way to the Gulf of Mexico, where they were picked up by a ship in the uh, blockading squadron. That was really uh, a remarkable piece of the story there, I thought, for the uh, for those pairs who, who each made their getaway, the ones who went north, the ones who went west, that was clever enough to go to Corinth. Than uh, for them, as you'd expect, would go north. But the idea of heading due south, uh, just what a clever idea. Uh, yeah, brilliant because it's so unexpected um, that uh, they could they got a canoe and went down the Chattahoochee River to the Apalachicola River and then on to Apalachicola Bay, where, again, they were uh, saved by a U.S. Navy captain who saw them paddling along in the bay. Um, and uh, just really a, a remarkable escape. Now, those who didn't escape uh, were eventually exchanged, which in, in the context of the, the note they wrote asking for clemency, it, it, it's worth recalling that in the Civil War, uh, it was common to exchange prisoners up to a certain point, and it was also common to parole uh, prisoners, uh, that, that they would sign their paroles and then uh, be allowed to go back to their own lines, but just not fight. Uh, and you were expected to honor your parole if you gave it. So when they then when they offer when those prisoners offer not to fight again, they're it's not all that it, it's different only in the sense of time uh, to give your parole. Say I won't fight till exchange is, is perfectly acceptable. Right. I guess, so it's not it's not that drastic. Um, but those who stay behind do eventually get exchanged uh, and get to go back to Union lines. Is that right? They they do and and. Uh, this early spring of 1863, and you know, actually, I, I, they ha- have sort of the perfect window there where exchanges are going on. The exchange system later sort of breaks down, as you know, mm-hmm. um, and and also I, I think by that time, the raid was far enough in the past where it had somewhat receded as an event. Um, at, at, at first, it seemed so shocking and uh, and um, threatening to the South when the raid occurred, but. Obviously, by early 1863, so much blood had been shed, so many major battles fought, uh, that I think this seemed like a fairly minor event uh, by that point, and, and the Raiders were, were uh, almost forgotten um, and then were swept up in, in a number of exchanges that took place in the spring of 1863. So six of them uh, exchanged and then sent on to Washington, D.C., where they get an audience uh, with uh, Secretary of War Edwin Stanton, who had heard of their exploits and wanted to meet them. And that brings us to the the subtitle of the book, The Great Locomotive Chase and the First Medal of Honor. Uh, How did the Medal of Honor get started? 
Well, it, it started early in the war again, sort of dark days when uh, the Union was um, having a difficult time and, and every uh, War Department clerk in Washington was trying to come up with ideas of ways to get things back on track. A lieutenant colonel by the name of E.D. E. Townsend came up with the idea of, of uh, creating a, a medal to honor valor and um, gallantry in the ranks and therefore hopefully inspire some boldness. Um, and uh, General-in-Chief Winfield Scott early on is very sour on the idea. He thinks it sort of smacks of uh, European snobbery. Um, it actually struck me as very ironic given um, old fuss and feathers' uh, own fondness for epaulettes and uniforms and medals. Um, but in any event, uh, once, uh, once Scott is relieved and out of the way, uh, the idea comes back around, uh, is first adopted by the Navy. Gideon Wells jumps on it, and so the Navy medal comes first and is created first, but uh, soon followed by the Army medal, and then the Army medal becomes the first one to be awarded there in the spring of 1863. The, uh, the Purple Heart was already in place, was it not? Right. The Purple Heart had been created by George Washington in, mm -hmm. in 1792, Awarded only a couple times and then sort of fell into disuse um, at, at that time was not a, a decoration recognizing uh, a wound, but rather, um, uh, again, a, a medal for, for valor or meritorious service. Um, Purple Heart would come back in the 1930s um, in the, in the uh, way that we know it today. Um, so there, there, other than uh, brevet uh, promotions, and briefly, I, I think there was a certificate of merit in the Mexican War. Um, but apart from that, there was no, uh, the U.S. just had no military medals um, until the Medal of Honor was created. And, and uh, so the medal was not expressly created for the Andrews Raiders. No, in, in fact, there's some suggestion, if, if you read the accounts of how this went down, that... Uh, Stanton was meeting with these fellows, and it's almost as if he sort of a light bulb went off over his head, and he stepped out of the room and went back and remembered that he had these medals that had just been just arrived uh, that were sitting back in a closet somewhere, and it uh, he seems to have decided almost on the spot that these were just the perfect people to give the first medals to. So he awards uh, each of uh, the six Raiders uh, the Medal of Honor. The first one going to 18-year-old Private Jacob Parrott from Kenton, Ohio. And then they're taken next door to uh, meet with Abraham Lincoln. Um, and uh, in a great stroke of luck for, uh, for me, um, writing about this and for all students of the Andrews Raid, uh, not only did um, one of the Raiders write about that meeting with Lincoln, but also there was a re reporter, Noah Brooks, who was present. Um, so there were a couple of different accounts of these meetings with Stanton and Lincoln. Um, and uh, it's just a very enjoyable to uh, research and write about. So let me ask about the research and writing process. We just have a few minutes left, but uh, where did you find your material? You know, most of it was here locally in Atlanta. Um, there's a uh, very large repository of material uh, related to the Andrews Raid at the Atlanta History Center uh, archives. Um, much of it uh, built and maintained by uh, historian Wilbur Kurtz, who, uh, whose name may ring a bell for some people as the historical consultant on Gone with the Wind. Uh, Kurtz was fascinated with the Andrews Raid and 
um, did uh, a lot of research, and um, including most notably a number of in-person interviews with the uh, surviving raiders around the turn of the century when uh, those that were still alive. So um, that's a great repository of material. Um, a lot of stuff as well at Emory University and then uh, at various repositories in Ohio. Um, and, you know, some of it uh, internet research, some of it uh, research by mail with uh, various librarians and repositories. Um, but um, for me, especially having a day job and a, a family here, um, having a lot of resources locally really uh, helped me uh, to research and get the book done. How long did it take to, uh, to do this project? It was about four years, uh, start to finish, um, a lot of that research, and then um, maybe a year and a half of actual writing um, with research continuing. The research never really stops, as you know. Um, so uh, that, that was, uh, it was about a four-year process end-to-end. -end. And do you see another uh, uh, Civil War book in your future? I, I do. I'm, I'm working on a project now on the uh, Battle and the Burning of Atlanta. Um, you know, the working title is War Like the Thunderbolt, uh, subtitled The Battle and the Burning of Atlanta, and we'll focus on uh, the action here at the gates of the city in the uh, summer and, and early fall of 1864. Um, and then, uh, you know, take on uh, also the, the civilian perspective with the um, bombardment, surrender, occupation, and, and uh, burning of the city as well. Well, I think, as with this topic, again, there were a lot of interesting uh, issues of, of uh, ethics and legality in war uh, when you have that intersection of civilians and military there. It's, it's, it's been very enjoyable to research and, and, uh, and get into it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, um, to continuing. Well, this, is, uh, this book is certainly very enjoyable to read. I think uh, listeners to Civil War Talk Radio will want to get hold of a copy. Westholm Publishing is the publisher. The title of the book is Stealing the General, subtitled The Great Locomotive Chase and the First Medal of Honor. And the author is Russell S. Bonds. Russ, it has been a pleasure having you on the show today. It's been a lot of fun, Jerry. It's been like talking to an old friend. Thanks a lot. Well, thank you. And listeners, thank you for listening to Civil War Talk Radio. Talk Radio, Studio A.